This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cammy here. Well, I've got May Martin on the podcast today. On the podcast? I've never said that before. My guest today is Faye Martin. You might know May from, obviously, an appearance on this show a couple of years ago at the London Podcast Festival. But since then, May Martin has also received, or not received, released a really awesome Netflix show called Feel Good. A second season is available right now, and I love the first season. I love talking to May also. Just a cool person to chat to, really easy to talk to. And it was so nice to see May again, and even though it was um, virtual. So I love this. I love this episode, and I hope you will too. Hey, by the way, do you live in Los Angeles? Because if so, I am doing a show at Dynasty Typewriter on July 13th. Somehow it is not sold out yet. Why is that? Please come see me perform live. I can't wait to see you and perform for you. Also, do you live in New York? I got two shows coming up there. I've got one on August 26th at the Bell House, and then we added Friday, August 27th. You can still get some tickets for the 26th, although they're very limited, but a lot of tickets are still available for the 27th. You can go to CameronEsposito.com slash tour hyphen dates or just CameronEsposito.com or any of my socials and click through and, and come see live comedy. I cannot wait to see you all. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still holding on, darling, I know, I know, I know it's careless. Will you introduce yourself? I always have guests introduce themselves. Yeah. Um... Oh yeah, I can't, I, now I'm remembering because we did this live, the live episode. We did it live at the London Podcast Festival. Yeah, and I feel like this is more the the true, the true yeah. essence of the. Now pod. we're getting is, that's exactly now we're, it's like now we're getting that games. was one, but like let's do the real one. Yeah, yeah. now we do the real chat. Um, I'm May Martin. I'm a comedian, and uh, you know other stuff, and I'm um, I'm having a pretty good pretty good time in life it's, <laughs> it's a nice day and uh yeah yeah i'm happy yes. to be talking to you i'm happy to be talking to you too you got a show you have a show that's great thanks that's probably i'm sure i feel like there's probably a high crossover between people who listen, listen to, to your podcast podcast and and watch your show that feels like i think you're right i think you, in that a, Venn- just a just a straight up black dot just a, yeah just a one-to-one that Venn diagram is just a circle, I think. And uh, yeah. I remember well, the last time we talked, you, you were like, so, you know, what have you got going on? And I couldn't, I couldn't say. It had been, I wasn't allowed to say, but mm-hmm. since then, I've done two seasons. Yeah. And actually, because the second season is just coming out now or like came out last week or something like that. Is yeah, that it, last the timing? Week. I haven't yeah. yet watched it, um, but I have, but I loved the first season and I'm very Thanks. excited to find out what continues to happen um thanks yeah it's a it's a it's a rocky road but i think it's a satisfying ending because that's it now i'm not going to do a third one that's um, it yeah that's it we we only ever Play want de. to do 
The Leder. Yeah, it's just like a, a love story with a proper ending. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so I mean, financially not wonderful, but no, no, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'll, I'll say it. <laughs> but but cre- creatively, it's you know, it's cool because I think if you if you were to keep just thro- throwing problems at one couple, you'd have to like every at the beginning of every season, you'd have to undo all the personal growth that those characters had made, just uh, eternally. And I, I wanted them to actually grow and then leave them in a pretty good place, so you know, so I don't keep torturing them. Yeah, well, the, I mean, another thing that I'm thinking about is if that's, you know, since that's the two seasons, um, and since I know you previously spent a lot of time in live performance, what a an interesting time to have, because the first season came out when, in like, what month? In, it was in England the first day of lockdown here in 2020. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, it's like March, both of yeah. them sort of within this last time period, which I just bring up yeah. because I am imagining you probably haven't interacted with a bunch of people or actually I don't know what's going on over there right now. What What's no, going on over there right now where you this, are? Same, same as everywhere. I mean, here we're, we're at a kind of halfway stage where um, you can go in pubs, but you have to sit down, but uh, a lot of stuff's still closed and they're predicting a third wave. So we'll see, but it's been in and out of lockdowns the whole time. So yeah, you're right. I haven't had that like immediate feedback from audiences. Yeah. Um, or from anyone. I've just been in right. my apartment. Yeah. How is it Wild. going there, right? How are you? How's it going? Um, I'm good. You know, the um, California, our governor is being recalled. And which means that like, they have to get a bunch of signatures and then like, possibly a new election where then he's like removed. Oh, and wow. in the midst of that, I think our number, our numbers have also apparently really dropped because there's a pretty decent vaccination rate here. But yeah. on Tuesday of this week, everything just opened. Like everything oh was God. just like, nothing was kind of open. And then it's just like, everything's open. And on the honor system, if you're vaccinated, you cannot wear a mask. Right. Um, so it does feel like it's sort of <laughs> zero to 60 and also, it feels like it's zero to 60 against the backdrop of, like, this guy's trying to save his political career. And yeah. I'm not saying that I know anything spooky is going on, but it does feel, like, a little bit, like, wait. <laughs> oh, 100%. So just yeah. fine? Everything's just fine? That you know, can and, um, be on the advice of scientists. There's no way that's on the advice of actual scientists. <laughs> that's it. It, And also the honor system. Oh, that feels dangerous. Doesn't know. it feel stressful? Yeah, really stressful. Who do you trust? Anyone in the world? <laughs> I feel like it's like very stressful to think about the honor system. Yeah, and yeah, our our government is incredibly corrupt as well, and just giving out contracts to their buddies and um, all this stuff keeps getting leaked out of them saying, "Oh, there's no way I'm going to have another lockdown. It doesn't matter how many people die. You know, for business, we've got to do it." It's oh, it's, it's really tricky and hellish, but yeah. I, yeah, are you close to family and stuff there? Like, are you? Because I'm, I, I'm kind of stranded on this weird island with all these British people. <laughs> no, may, I'm really not. You know, my my folks came. I got I got married a couple. Oh, I got married like a month ago. And, congrats! Um, thank you. That's huge. It is huge. Yeah. I say it because we were like it was, there was the two of us. Yeah, and then um, my folks came out like after that and that was okay. the first time i've seen them they live in chicago 
Um, okay. So it was like an everybody's vaccinated and has quarantined. We'll see each other kind of a thing. Yeah. But that's, the, was it, that's the only folks I've seen. I feel like family. there's kind of pressure now for our all of our reunions to be really euphoric and beautiful. But oh it's God. it's going to take a while to warm up into them, I think. Like, I did a, a stand-up show. It was my first one back, and everyone was in masks. And everyone had been telling me, trust me, they're just going to be happy to be out of the house. They're going to be so warm. And everyone's just haunted. And everyone doesn't know how to be a human being anymore. And it, it really took a while to get everyone to relax, you know? Oh, my gosh. That is so interesting. Well, also, so because you did that, what was... Did you notice a difference in people's reaction to you having the show out there now? Like in terms of oh. you're walking on stage, people have a different context for you. You're not just walking out to do stand up. You're like from TV. Yeah, that's a, and that's a big in my experience. <laughs> that's a big change. It's a big change. And it it's uh, also blurry and quite meta because my character has my same name and is a comedian. So I think when people see me do stand up, they're imagining this whole narrative you know, yeah, it's all quite blurred. And I think they feel like they know me. And the annoying thing is they kind of do. It is so personal and autobiographical that I wish I could be like, you, you don't really know me. But it's like, no, I've you've, there's stuff in the show that I haven't said to my closest friends or family. So it does. It's a weird intimacy that I feel with people that have watched it. Um, so it's all very weird. Yeah. And, and nice. Yeah. Oh, I don't know that that will go back in the box oh yeah (laughs) i think that might be it now yeah especially as like the second season has just dropped as people continue to yeah watch it and find it i think that's maybe going to be the experience for a little while i think you're right and i i think i didn't anticipate um oh who's that this is my tiny dog ruby she is right here oh my god (laughs) So people listening, Ruby's in a collar, a scratch, like a scratch cone, and just yeah. with eyes like giant marbles. <laughs> she had to have a titanium plate put in her knee. Oh, no. Which Ruby. is a very intensive surgery for an eight-pound dog. Yeah. Oh, my God. How, like, that plate must be the size of, like, my thumbnail. Try to imagine it. Try to yeah. imagine it. <laughs> That's um, so cute. Um, anyway, yeah. but you you were saying. That- well, it's it's you know it's nice doing something like this because I've I've been doing press for the show obviously and um, it's all, all the themes in the show are are kind of heavy, but it's it's a comedy and and then but when I'm promoting it, I get I don't know how to be articulate about this, but I get I spend so much time trying to write like a nuanced kind of thing about gender and sexuality and all, all, you know, or just about my personal experience. And then you get an interview with some newspaper and they're like, so what's the show about? Or they're trying to get like a soundbite about trans rights or something like that. And you end up just blurting something out and you're like, but I did spend all this time thinking about this stuff that's so complicated and nuanced and dynamic and changing. And that's kind of the point of the show. And then now I'm having to talk about it within the parameters of this very fraught public discourse that's going on particularly well in America as well about particularly about trans rights like it gets sort of taken away and then and then the headline is about some tiny aspect of the show and I don't know I don't know I'm not complaining but I'm saying it's nice to talk to someone who yeah gets it (laughs) well number one yay 
Number two, <laughs> what is happening right now in the UK? Um, oh, it's it's just a hysteria around. That's the first of all. Yes, sure. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. yeah, it's wild, isn't it? Like um, the thing here is just insane amounts of media coverage about um, you know women's toilets and things like that, and and really bad faith kind of journalism where it's uh i think willfully pedantic and ignorant and um stirring up real backlash and hysteria so it's like i think the times newspaper had um 223 articles so far this year about trans identities and trans rights and it's like we are talking about a really small community that's at risk and yet you'd think that everyone was trans from the amount of coverage and that it was going to affect all of our lives. And it, it is just, it's been really stressful. Wow. Same, same deal know, there with all the laws, right? Well, I think that in some ways the focus has shifted from, it's now sports is like the oh, big yeah, sports. thing. Um, bathrooms, not that that's like not happening anymore, but I think that was, that felt more, that felt like that was the hotter iron in the fire like f- four or five years ago and okay. it feels like it's like really sports right now is like one of the yeah. big ones i think especially because it can hit that like little kid um yeah zone i think when people were talking about bathrooms here the like first thing that they started with was like um school bathrooms and Actually, first oh, no, it was sorry, like terrifying, yeah. terrifying adult situation. Like, oh right, yeah. Like, like rural public bathroom walk-in terrifying situation. Like something that has actually never happened. There, there yeah. are there are zero examples of this happening yeah. in the U.S. Um, and then it shifted to like schools, as you're talking about, and then mm. you know like locker rooms or whatever. But now it's like participation at, in kids sports i think because more kids are identifying um it just seems like a and it seems like a good busy body button for parents like your child is going to be unfairly treated because your child is cis and think about if they have to compete with you know it's like just it's all nonsense but it really what are you what were you gonna say I can't remember, but yeah, just that it, I'm I'm all about the stats and and these things, these nightmare scenarios that people are dreaming up are they would have been happening already and they're they're just not. And what is yeah. happening? And the stats we do have are all about suicide rates in the trans community. Yeah. And yeah, anyway, or somebody being got, attacked in the bathroom and it's not uh, oh by yeah a trans person, but it is a trans person. Or I, well, I yeah. don't know if you if you get like. I get hassled in the bathroom by cis women so much because of all the coverage around this stuff. I've noticed a real increase in people like demanding to know my gender in a toilet because mm. they're on red alert and it's, it's all. Yeah. So I'm glad we got into this fast, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. I actually don't know this, May. How, how, how do you identify? I don't know this. I don't know the answer to that. Me neither. I think, I think I'm well, I recently said I'm non-binary and I think that's something I've felt, for a long time and I feel really confident in at the moment but I'm yeah I haven't spoken to my parents about that yet but uh yeah that's something I felt since I was a kid so it's good to have the language around it I think so yeah I'm bi I'm non-binary uh yeah it feels good to say it and I don't know where where that will lead or what that will be like but 
I do feel happier. I, I think I I have experienced kind of dysphoria throughout my life. And when people, when I would be called like a female comedian or, or I'm often referred to as a, a lesbian, even though I date men as well. And it just always would sort of jar with me. And uh, yeah, I just feel like now I have the language around it. But it's like, but then immediately when you, when you say it, you have to become a spokesperson for it. And it's such a like, you know, complex thing. So yeah, I'm kind of trying to be a spokesperson for people who are just figuring it out. That's, yeah. yeah. What about you? I have been using the, the gender fluid seems to be helpful to me. Yeah. I feel like for me, it's like, as I've seen more people that I think I have like some shirts in common with come out as non-binary, <laughs> I yeah. wondered for a second, like, like, is that like the fullness of my experience? But yes. I do also identify as a woman. Yeah. Like there are times I totally feel like a woman and, um, then there are times that I feel like nothing that we have any words for. There are times I feel like a dude. It's like yeah. whatever David Bowie and Tilda Swinton have in common, I think I have that <laughs> thing going on. And yeah. for me, it's like a plurality um, of options seems to be working right now. So like truly, I mean, like I get what you're saying about the figuring it out. Like I feel like I came up with this, not came up with, I like, I like was I came across, you know, I mean, certainly it's not like I hadn't heard this term before, but, but like, it's like teen TikTok that was like giving me some yeah. examples of like what this could look like. I, I truly was like, that, oh, that generation. Yeah. These teens <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are describing my experience. Um, I think the plurality, so like, that word is really useful. And I, I, I feel that way as well. I, I, I'd say I rarely feel if ever feel like I'm a woman and really comfortable in that but the but to me yeah non-binary felt like a term that yeah it could encompass some of that plurality and I'm I'm using she and they pronouns but it's like the more people I sort of said she or they I'm I'm cool with both but then the, when people use they I do love it and I mm-hmm. and I notice it and the more people use it the more I'm like oh, I like this like so cool. I don't know, maybe I'll but yeah it's I, I don't feel I don't know. It's, I think because I've been doing press for weeks and weeks about it, it starts to f- feel like it's a bigger part of who you are than it has to be. Like there's so many other aspects of my personality that I think are a bigger part of who I am. And it's, uh, yeah, it's it's like the prefix to my name now. But I guess you have to anticipate that, don't you? Yeah. I mean, also, I wonder if some of that you know, we'll obviously see, but I wonder if some of it is the, well, I'll I'll just say for me, sometimes it, as you're talking, I'm like thinking about when I put out a special that was called rape jokes. And then I had to like, have people be like, it's like eight o'clock in the morning and they're like, so rape jokes. And I'm like, why did I give myself (laughs) this task? You know? Yeah. 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 Um, But, you know, that was, like, three years ago or something like that. And, you know, it's no longer... Your IP kind of the the press latches onto. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, but I... So that feels like a relief. But I do know what you mean in terms of, you know, representing a marginalized experience or identity. And then, like, doing press about it or talking about it. Um, 
sometimes not in a forum that feels particularly safe. Like, yeah, uh, like that's why I, I'm really happy to to talk about it in forums like this. And then, but when it's like, well, I know your newspaper doesn't like me, so or it is you know, I know, yeah. So it just feels like, are you setting me up to? I don't know. And also, I'm, I I really I wrote the the second season of Feel Good in particular is about um, kind of processing trauma and all kinds of things and about identity and I mean it is a comedy though it's definitely a comedy but absolutely yeah but it was like in real I'm figuring those things out in real time with the character and the whole point is that there's a lot of ambiguity and not a clear resolution so I'm it's not always able to be like I've learned this and these are my conclusions because it's like I don't know that's these are my feelings about it and um yeah I don't have any more clarity than the character does, really. Well, that sounds like maybe art is like a processing engine for you, which it is for me too. And so is sometimes it, yeah. it can be hard to then speak about the thing because the act of making the art itself is actually <laughs> a coping mechanism that's very helpful for me. And so yes. then I'm like, well, there. no, don't ask me. Ask the art. Finish. Like, yes. like it's already yes. out there. <laughs> yeah. Ask the finished product. Yeah, yeah. I, that's so true. Yeah, it's like you you open this this door to to yourself, and then um, yeah, people are going to walk through it with their boots yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what else I I want to just ask, and like maybe there is no clean answer to this, but you just said it's not even like the part of my personality or <laughs> yeah. or existence that I think is the most interesting. Or so what. What, what what are is? the parts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and maybe well, there's no answer. I think I'm a I'm a you know an evolving work in progress type of person, but I don't know. The, I guess what I'm what I meant when I said that was like to me the the show in particular feel good is like a, it's about addiction and love and addiction and about where those two things intersect and, and what's healthy and, and what's not and. Like, that's something that I really am interested in and grapple with. And um, and nobody, I think that's what people are connecting to in it, too. I think everyone's been in relationships that are so bad for them. But you're desperate to make it work. But it really becomes an addictive thing. And these cycles of, like, anxiety and relief and anxiety and relief. You know what I mean? May I totally do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it comes from, I totally I mean, do. Yeah. And are you like a, a romantic person or particularly in my 20s, I was like highly romantic. And I think it made me a prime, you know, I was all in for and really, yeah, I could get quite obsessive, but usually because someone was very hot and cold. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think for me also, um, I have a lot of shame about the person that I am from like being a teeny kid. Yeah. And a lot of ways that I have felt protective in the world, protected in the world is um, when people approved of my partners. That's like an experience I had from even very young. Like when I started dating, um, I started dating like my first boyfriend was like very cool, unusual guy. He was like super masculine basketball player who also knew all of the in sync dances and at 
like oh my god you know dances at school people would like make a big circle and then he'd like do the dance in the middle of the thing and he wore like a rainbow belt and played bass in a ska band and was like yeah just a very unusual person and then my second boyfriend was super muscle football guy and i think like a lot of my high school experience was spent sort of even though i was a very visible person at school. Like I was very involved in a lot of stuff and like a Mm. big jock and like, like really working for like the student government, you know, it was like a, it was like a very like big personality, but I think something that helped me feel like I could be that because gender stuff was already dinging like 12,000, but I was like wearing like a choker and like had wildly dyed blonde hair and I was also a swimmer so it was like gray half the time oh my god you know then I had like I was wearing like white platform steel-toed Doc Martens and I was like at a conservative Catholic high school nobody else looked like me yeah and I think you stuck out and then I stuck out and then was like also had a kind of a big personality and I think in some ways I was like looking for somebody to make this all okay like if this person accepts me, then maybe this is all fine. And I don't think I ever stopped doing that until, well, until very recently. Yeah. That's something I've been working on. I'm sure that there's an aspect of that to, I mean, but I don't like to pathologize it because I've had some great relationships, but I, I happen to have dated mostly previously straight women and I'm, they're all great, but there must be an element of wanting that validation and wanting to, yeah, be part of mainstream culture in a way that I'm sure that that plays into it. I don't know. (laughs) I got to go to therapy. Hmm. (laughs) What did you say? What you said? I got to go to therapy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, we all do. Absolutely. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think our parents' generation will ever get into it, into therapy? Oh my God. I, (laughs) how good would it be? (laughs) I don't know. I feel like it's so, it's such a, um, I think whenever I've talked to my folks about it, it's been like, it's the relationship that you have with like a doctor when you're, when you're a relatively healthy person, like it's like a Mm, annual checkup sort of a relationship. Um, and I can't really see that shifting. Yeah, same. I just wonder if there's like a happy medium between their generation and our generation because like the level of sort of self-examination that we're doing, which I think is ultimately very positive, but like having been in lockdown for the whole year and writing about myself and thinking about myself and when your job is to think about yourself, it's like, it's a lot and it's kind of, it can get kind of... Uh, like navel gazy in a way, but but great as well. But I just wonder if there's a, a place between my, you know, my parents are like, why on earth would we ever speak to anyone, <laughs> including you, about anything going on in our minds? Um, somewhere in between there might be might be nice. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, for for me, I've I have spent a little bit of time in the pandemic, like. Actually, I mean, I so I that so resonates with me. I've spent some time in the pandemic amidst all of the deep, deep work that I'm doing on myself, like 
doing things that had nothing to do with autobiographical um, experiences, like joining yeah. some book clubs and yeah. reading a bunch of stuff that other people have to say. Or I took a bunch of classes. I took a bunch of like theology classes because I just felt like I wanted to sit and have a conversation about somebody else's work and thoughts. Yeah. Um, and that was very helpful. I, I um, love that. Or nature too. I've, I've always resisted. Saying? I've just like resisted nature for so long. I've never felt like I have a relationship with nature at all. And then recently I've been forcing myself to go lie in parks, go for walks, go to forests, drive out of London a bit. Cause London's like Dickensian to me. I'm looking at my window right now and it's like, it looks like Charles Dickens is London. Like it's, it is so gray and, uh, urban and like, yeah, I'm, I'm from Canada. So I do feel like I'm missing lakes and trees. You've got hikes there and everything, right? We do. Yeah. And I moved, I guess, I mean, some of the same, I've been like, a. have been choosing to live in, in, in urban centers for a lot of years now, but I moved to, I live in like the foothills. Of, wow some pretty the angeles national forest i live in the foothills wow. of a national forest um that's amazing there's a mountain at the end of my street wow it's pretty cool yeah yeah that that um, must get you out of yourself a bit and, and walking a dog yeah i gotta say like i think yeah i think i thought um well sometimes i can get out of myself being in a city and just like observing that other people exist and have yeah. their own lives. <laughs> um but it has been cool to I think one thing I think is, I just feel very lucky. I can't believe mm. I like it to live here or that. I think sometimes I get so hard on myself that I'm not able to process that I am a blessed human. I'm like, mm. I can just get really mad at myself or down on myself. And that's that's actually self-absorption also, you know, to be yeah. like super into yourself. The other side of that same coin is to be like super pissed yeah. at yourself, you know? <laughs> You know what a good example of that is? Is like uh, in season one filming, not to make it about me, but like filming Let's do season, it. <laughs> season uh, one of Feel Good. And I'd never acted before really. And I was so, so fucking nervous that I kept saying how nervous I was. It was like, it was like a trigger. Like all day I was just telling the makeup people. I was telling the director. I was telling my co-star like how I was shitting myself about filming the sex scenes and filming all the scenes. And do, and then at a certain point, I was like, this is kind of, it does make it all about me the more I say that. And, and there is, I have a co-star in the scene. I haven't asked how she's feeling at all. I'm just in this self-deprecating sort of comedic way being like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. I'm so nervous. I don't know. And it's like, okay, but make some room for other people's feelings too. Because just because it's, you're making fun of yourself, it doesn't mean it's not self-absorbed. Yeah. Yeah. The piece of shit at the center of the universe is. Uh... Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Where's that? I love that. Yeah. It's, I could do a cartoon of that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. 
The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! How how has it been doing on camera intimacy with oh. another person? Um, I think season one was really scary, but uh, my co-star is a friend of mine who I'd known before, and our director in season one was also a friend of mine. Um, and she's was an incredibly sensitive kind of queer woman, and um, I made a point of not in a weird way, but insisting on a lot of rehearsal, not like uh, more just to get, not of the actual sex scenes themselves, but we had three weeks of rehearsing just like it was a play and really getting comfortable with each other and getting to know each other. So yeah, coming back to season two, it felt much, much more. I mean, we, I think you can tell in our performances how much more comfortable we are. And we were isolating together, um, filming in the pandemic. So we were staying in like adjacent flats. It was very domestic you know, we were like bickering and spending every moment of every day and night together. So it was really, really nice, actually. Then you can kind of, once you forget about being nervous, then you can focus on the story and how much you care about those characters and making it, you know, and actually connecting to what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's amazing. I, also, right. Yeah. I guess a, a real relationship that, that clicks makes sense that that would then translate. Yeah. Like we find each other really funny. And we really care about each other. So I, I was hyper attuned to what was going on for her and, and vice versa. So it just it was like I didn't have to worry about myself because I knew she was worrying about me. And, and she didn't have to worry about herself because I was worrying about her. And um, yeah, I think you can tell we get along. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, I think. So. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I yeah. love that. I have a hard time watching it. Like being in the edit was kind of hellish. And you think. I'm never going to have sex again. This is what I look like. But um, I don't think anyone should have to watch that. No, it's bad. Have you, have you had that experience? It's bad, isn't it? Yeah, it is bad. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Although, I mean, I don't know. I, I, think, I, think, maybe, I think maybe I can depersonalize it a yeah. little bit. Not yeah, if I, you, it, there, is, there are moments where it's like, oh, God, that is a terrible face yeah that is yeah, a yeah. terrible why does my neck look so weird there like there's certainly that but i it is kind of fun to be able to um watch yourself from the outside that's not something I, i've never really watched myself do stand up um really so i think it's a not really no like i don't watch tv appearances or yeah specials any of that no that's I think really it's, interesting i think you're in the minority there i think a lot of people do and I also find it really hard and, and I don't think I don't think it's helpful for me to watch. But when I'm writing, like, do you ever I record a voice note of when I'm developing new material and stuff and I'll listen to it back when I'm writing. Do you do that or no? Um, I certainly have recorded them and um, never listened not to them. Really? And <laughs> not listen to them? <laughs> no, sometimes I guess maybe if there's a point where I need to, like, transcribe something, which yeah. ends up being sort of a yeah, like an end point or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't really, 
I don't, yeah, I don't really, I don't really listen or watch, listen I to guess or watch my stand-up. Like during filming, I was getting, because I was an EP on the second series, I was getting the rushes every day. So mm-hmm. early on, I was watching every day. I'd get home in the evening and watch everything we filmed. And that was helpful to a point at first, I think, noticing like weird little ticks I was doing or sort of, yeah, being able to be like, ah, don't touch your hair all the time. Um, but then at a certain point, I just stopped watching them because once you're confident, like this is looking tonally how I want. And then in the edit, um, I'm, I was pretty controlling. So some of that stuff of like, oh, my neck looks bad there. I would just be like, absolutely not. I forbid this. Totally. 100%. <laughs> yeah, you've got to live with it. Yeah. 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 That's true. I'm wondering if um, you've spoken to people from other times in your life um, or heard from people from other times in your life because you haven't been touring and you haven't been home to Canada, right, in the no. in this time. Um, have you been hearing from people uh, who you know or who know you from kid time, from from teenage time? Yeah, I've had I've had some some great people reaching out from like kid kid time um and that's really nice someone just sent me the other day was like I just found this doodle that you did for me in grade nine and it was it's like the most stoner doodle it's like it's it's this drawing I must have done for this person and then I've signed it like I'm a famous artist I I mean I must have been like 14 and it's it's just like a duck smoking a joint and there's like and the sun is melting and it's really stonery but um that was weird seeing it I had the most vivid memory of of drawing it but um other than that yeah I I mean it's weird that I haven't been able to sit down with yeah my childhood friends and my family and kind of process the last year and what and having the show come out and also I'm always amazed how I think oh wow this show is really confessional it's going to spark some difficult conversations with my loved ones I'm amazed at people's ability to not ask difficult wow, questions. Really? Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah. like, your hey, folks are great. your folks are characters in the show. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm. They're very and, different to those characters in some ways, and I guess I've like taken kernels of them and then heightened them. But so yeah, they they are very different to those characters. But it's playing on like old adolescent conflicts and, and stuff. But yeah, it is amazing how people are just like, yeah, it was good, well done anyway <laughs> you're like but wait what about the bit where i said i hate myself and i'm <laughs> you know. oh my gosh yeah. that's wild yeah. yeah my my folks um when i i i had you know i had a t- i had a show that i was that i was running and and starring yes, in and my course. folks yeah. came out to la to see it was during it was in the second season they came to see the set and wow i put them in one of the scenes as as extras it's like a cafe oh scene God. and there are some people behind them and two people are my parents but my no dad way. kept um it we were like okay so you know you can like move your mouth as if you're having conversation but like no sound at all and my yeah. dad kept being like how's it going over there how are you doing do you know like food how do you think the food is like to my mom they're oh sitting at this my table and my mom is going oh my god we had to keep <laughs> saying like dad it's actual it's audible the the whispering is audible yeah so it's actually no sound at all 
And then he was oh like, my okay. God. And then he was like, and then he dropped his fork a couple times. It's just like, <laughs> oh it was my just God. like <laughs> the most parent onset experience. We're at the end of like, that. don't move your mouth or your body. Actually, yeah. you'll be the people at the cafe who are doing nothing. Who are just sitting there. Who are <laughs> <Yeah>. just sitting <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I definitely, I have a few friends as extras and that's one of the best parts of it. The hiding little, I, I have a friend who, um, our inside joke is, well, it's not even a joke. We're just really into rainbow lorikeets, these birds in Australia. And so I hid in the second season. I just hid about eight across the series. Like someone has one on a t-shirt and one's in my bedroom and one's somewhere else. And there's things like that, that rainbow start- lorikeets. I gotta look this oh, shit up. Like Beautiful? stunning, stunning really? birds, very social and um, yeah, really, really great birds. That friend must feel honored. Eight I hope, yeah, I, I hope so. It was kind of on the day when, you know, when you're so busy and you're so up against it with a schedule and stuff. And then I'm going to the, you know, the art department and being like, hey, guys, come on. How can we get another rainbow lorikeet into this scene? And they're like, oh we don't God. have the time for this. Just oh my God, if you so want to do it, do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need to become better friends. I, I didn't realize you were quite this thorough. Like that, this oh, is the yeah. kind of commitment I'm looking for from... I'll hide because person. of, you, of Ruby. I'll hide if I do something else. I'll hide like rubies everywhere. The tiny <laughs> rubies, honestly, yeah. she's very photogenic. So this will yeah. this will only improve <laughs> the vibe of the set. Yeah. Um, Wait. So do you miss live performing? Have you been missing it a lot, or not so much? Be honest. <laughs> it's like weird. I, I actually feel like in some ways I I haven't. I was doing a bunch of like online stuff for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um but I think that in some ways, oh, I think you're really gonna it's like I think you specifically will really get this, but um <laughs> I think in some ways I just got so used to you know I've actually been I've been performing for 20 years this year. Same and yeah. And I think, like, I just got so used to sort of bleeding my experiences out in real time as a way of processing things and also to then eventually to, like, make money and continue to survive and have a job. Yeah. Um, And I think, like, I'm not sure that's healthy is what I will say. I'm not totally sure. I also think like it, I survived because of that. I like really needed to do that. It's not like it was like, I look back at it and I'm like, how could I have done this to myself? Like, I think it was really helpful. And I, um, I'm, I'm not saying I'll never go back to it. It's more like, it's been interesting to experience life without the echo chamber that I've created for myself of having to perform my feelings about my life for other people. Um, I feel very similarly and and that uh, two-sided coin thing of like, I, it's been a lifesaver, I think, in so many ways, particularly like, I'm sure when I started or w- when you started, you must have done it because you felt compelled to, because you felt, and, and then it really does feel lifesaving. And then, yeah, I think you're right. Over time, you, you don't want to ever just be doing it because you're on this hamster wheel. <laughs> so it's good to like take a minute and pause and, and reflect and and yeah I mean especially when you're so immersed in in 
the comedy world and I'm such a workaholic and I get like, you have to have a life as well to write about. And, you know, like a friend of mine the other day was, he, he reads all these books on screenwriting because he's like, I'm going to write a movie. I was like, you probably le learn as much just reading a novel because you have like, you have to have a life as well and things to think about and write about. Like, I think the screenwriting books are great, but if you're only reading those, what are you going to put in the screenplay? Like, you have to also have stimulus in your life. Do you feel like you have a life right now? Like, do you ha have you had the opportunity to have that amidst the, you know, making two, two seasons of a show? And do you, do you feel like you've been able to do that? Early on in the pandemic, I really did. There was a window of about four months. And then it's been nonstop since then. And I'm just finishing you know, a month of, of press and stuff. So I'm going to, I've carved out time for myself of like, hopefully about six weeks and I'm just going to do nothing. I think that's so important. I think I'm going to try and do that every summer and go to a cottage or something. I say that, but then I can't say no to things. So yeah, of course. We'll yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've done some hobbies though. Can't what, run what, off, uh, tell me these hobbies. Well, I've been hobbies? whittling. I've been whittling little creatures. I, like an Easter Island head, oh, and really? um, yeah, and I've got some clay. Hang hey, on. we should have we should start a podcast called "What Do You Whittle?" Little hearts. Oh wow, look at that! That's an amazing heart. Thank oh, you. Wow, oh, that's really good. I'm gonna do a heart next. I didn't even think of that. Little hearts. Yeah, then I give them to people. Oh, that's great. I like that a lot. Um, I also bought a harmonica, but. I didn't realize how annoying the uh, the gap between <laughs> like the gap between where I want to be and my skill level and the sound that's coming out of it is so oh great gosh. that oh it actually gosh. feels like too much of a leap. But yeah, I've been playing a lot of music and I like music because uh, I have no interest in ever monetizing it. And I just love playing the guitar and it's truly just a sort of ambition free creative endeavor, you know? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I do. I um I've been swimming a lot. Oh nice. And that has been really That's a wonderful good. thing. It turns out I'm never yeah, it's gonna be impossible for me to monetize that since I don't even know where the money is in swimming. I think it's in endorsements once you've won multiple gold medals. But I, Yeah, I, maybe it's it's not I don't think it's it's not even on the horizon, so I don't have to worry about tricking myself into it. Oh, you um, could do like a synchronized swimming type. Thing. Oh no, I'm like a I'm like a competitive lap swimmer. Oh wow. Swimming competitively with people that I do, that don't know I'm racing them. At oh the my YMCA. god, I love that. Yeah. That's so fun. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> it's very fun. I'm like, let's go. And they're they're just like in their own zone and I'm like racing them back and forth. It's just a true dream. Um, Everyone says that swimming is the number one exercise for mental health. It's like Really? Just clear. Yeah, everyone says <gasps> swimming is what you got to do. It clears your head. Yeah. It does, actually. I mean, it's. I think it's because it's like you're you're moving your body and creating all that serotonin, but also you will die if you stop. So it's... Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, yeah. There's a nice threat element. Yeah. <laughs> I started... I, I go to the gym sometimes, and but it, it's, it's... It doesn't make my mind quiet because I'm constantly listening to podcasts or checking my phone or on the you know, on the machines, they have a TV and I'm, it's, I, I think I need a break from the constant stimulation. I'm so rarely just with my own thoughts in my house. Cause I've always got a podcast or the radio or some noise filling me up. 
<laughs> I would recommend group fitness classes, which I avoided really? for my entire life because I thought, like, I can't do this. Like, this is too... Everybody in here is going to, like, Bully have a different me. relationship to <laughs> yoga pants. And, like, I'm not allowed to be in here. But they're great yeah. for exactly what you're talking about because everything is moving very quickly and you cannot have earbuds in. And yeah. you just have to be part of the group, which music is playing. I anything. never want to be part of the group. So <laughs> it's been a very challenging and fun thing. Yeah, um, and you can, I guess, your thing of secretly competing with people that don't know you, that works. In a group setting, you're like, oh, 100%. Sandra, yeah, I'm and like, everyone's doing that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what keeps it going. Yeah. Um, May, I, I'm also curious, because you said you're going to try to take some time off, and do you... Do you have a do you have a next plan for what you hope to do after that time off? Yeah, I have a I have a bunch. I I'm developing something with Netflix that I I, I really hope it happens. Uh, Ruby's involved. <laughs> She's involved. Yeah, she said. Uh, yeah, yeah. in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I hope that happens. And then me and my co-writer Joe, who co-wrote Feel Good, um, we're working on like a insane thriller movie that is almost uncommissionable. It's so not like has no commercial appeal. But what? um That's I don't great. know. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be really good. Yeah, so I'm just and I'm gonna go on tour in the autumn is the plan unless there's a third wave I'm supposed to go on tour in the UK. Um I don't know with what material. I've I've got stuff I had an hour already before the pandemic and it's no longer relevant at all and doing it yeah. feels really fake and wooden. So I'm I got to get something going, but my instinct is just to like chat to audiences and do crowd work and stuff. But I guess if they've paid for tickets, I can't just do that. I should is that, jokes. is that a, is that a bigger tour for you than what you've previously done? Or is it like same size type of thing? Yeah, it's, it's slightly bigger. It's still, it's really uh, still a, a, you know, a humble little guy. There's only, I'm only doing like 12 dates and, and they're sort of medium sized theaters but it's definitely bigger than what i've done i'm looking forward to it except I, I go on tour just myself on the train with no tour manager or anything so it does get a little bit lonely because you're just in hotels and yeah what's it like touring in the states because it's such a massive country it must be a bit like canada where you're like everything's spread out yeah i mean you're flying around i'm you know by yourself well one time i did <laughs> i did take a i did take a bus because what? after after making my TV show, I like set up a bus tour because I because of exactly what you're talking about. I wanted to travel with yeah a very very small group. I mean, it was four of us, but um, and I wanted to oh. not be on planes that much. Um, yeah, that was so, that was a that was a wild experience. But that's such a rock star move, though. That's it was cool. Kind of the, like the fantasy. It, it turns out, do you know you can't shit on a bus sorry what you can't you can't go to the you cannot you cannot you can't you do a number two on a bus no you can't um I because swear, wait i swear i have but well, I on a tour right? bus so the person who like cleans the toilets is yeah. the driver and it's like a you you can technically they work but yeah. it's like the biggest fuck you that you could right. do is going to the bathroom 
in a place that then like the person has to clean up. So you, you don't. And oh my this is something that as I was like telling some, I have like some musician friends and I was like, yeah, we're like doing this bus. And they were like, you know, you can't shit on there. And I was like, what? And they, I mean, these are the people that I, I really trust. And they were like, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, it's not done. And I was like, oh, okay. So that is one thing that is wild. In the morning when you wake up, you like, so you like drive overnight and yeah. you like wake up in a new city and the bus driver is gone because they sleep during the day. And it's like, maybe the tour manager is also gone doing something. So it's like waking up and then the vibe is like, how do I shit? <laughs> like, oh my you're God, like, you don't where know where you are. You're like busting through the doors of the bus to be like, okay, I guess I'm in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's a like, McDonald's? How yeah. am I going to do this? Anyway, I did not know that that is actually a huge part of a rock star lifestyle is that you're like waking up and you don't, sometimes there's like a hotel room that you have during the day. I would find that really stressful, the shitting thing. It's like that thing also of the minute you know you can't do something, then you have to do like, Exactly. If I, like when I get into bed at night, I'm like, oh, I hope I don't have to pee and then I have to pee. It'd be like that. <laughs> it's exactly like that. So that's just the, that's the real, that's the real vibe. I hope that you can shit. Are going to take it. Yeah. Well, number one, I hope that you can shit. That's what I always yeah. say to anyone. <laughs> but um, I hope that you have an amazing tour. I hope that. Thanks. I hope it feels really rich and beautiful to get a chance to hear from some people who have seen the show because it's, you know, it's amazing. And also, um, it does feel like, I mean, in the very little that I know you, it does feel like it's you. And I think that might be kind of stunning to have an experience of, of being like recognized in that way. I think it'll be really nice. Yeah, I hope so. Thanks. I think it'll be good. I like chatting to people. I like to, I go out before and after and just chat to people. I don't know. I'll see what that's like now, but I think I still want to do that. I think that I, can you follow up with me and tell me how that is? I'm so curious. (laughs) Now that people have like so much information and such context for you, I wonder how that will feel. You might be mobbed. I doubt it. I mean, I don't doubt it, May. I think you're, I think this is, (laughs) I think you're going to be mobbed. I think people are pretty repressed in England. I don't think that they'd mob. I think they'd, they'd be like, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. I'll um, let you know. Yeah, let me know. Like, let me know when you decide you need more security. Because I think okay. that that's probably going to happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, May, before I send you back into your day, I just wanted to ask if you would shout out a Quiro, which is a person, place, or thing that made you feel that you could be who you are today. I'm trying to remember what I said the last time. I we can't talked remember either. Who was it? Because I don't want to repeat it. I'm, I mean, I'm sure I've said Bette Midler a lot, not, but she's not queer. I'm going to say Tim Curry um, only because I don't think he gets enough cred. Um, Great. Because point. he's not because he, he's not particularly outspoken. He's not really he's not really an activist. So he sort of I think people feel disappointed by that. But I just don't underestimate how impressive and important and brave it was to to do that character of frankenfurter uh and um he's so sexy and it just had such an impact on me when i was a kid seeing this like confident bisexual character who was like gender whatever and just wildly virile and attractive 
it just meant the world to me. So I'm going to say him. I, I, oh I don't God. know I anything that. about him as a person, but I'm, yeah, I just think he's the best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's like a, if there's a stronger case for bisexuality being like extremely yeah, yeah. sexy than his performance in that movie it's that it's, one it's the one yeah. sequence where he goes in and he has sex with brad and then he has sex and with Jane. janet yeah right one after another and i just watched that and was like the world is possible to me yeah that is that's incredible. amazing yeah yeah and, and also the, like thank god that he doesn't just have sex with brad like i think that i you know yeah that's really that's like really amazing Oh, totally, totally. And I think because my, my parents showed me that movie when I was little, I think it just meant a lot to me that they obviously thought it was okay and cool. And my dad really idolized Frankenfurter. And I was just like, all right, they're cool with it. Not only that, but they yeah. think it's wicked and quite like sexy. <laughs> That's yeah. so beautiful. It is. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Okay. Well, I love this. And yeah, 100%. It was so good to talk to you and see you again. So good to see you again as well. I'm glad that, um, yeah, congratulations on your marriage and everything. Oh my gosh, May, thank you. I can't wait to see you in real life. Yeah, you too. Here 